Hey, what is going on, everyone? And welcome back to Rockin' at the Jig. We are in episode 24, and this is a pretty exciting one. We got some free agents that just got signed to the Indians. Shocker. If anyone listened to the last episode, you know, we are, you know, me and Tom kind of talked about maybe the Indians are kind of done, and they obviously weren't. So we have some of that to talk about, and spring training's coming up soon. But before we get into that, got to introduce my co host, who's got a better beard than me. If anyone, you know, we never dropped the video version of this, but man, his beer is more glorious than mine. Tom Matheny, how are you doing today, man? I think you're going for a different uh, facial hair concept than mine, which I'm super about. Um, yeah. I'm thinking of changing it up. I'm doing good, man. Uh, it's good to be back. Um, yeah, it's been a bit. <laughs> yeah, who'd, who'd have thought that we could have uh, Sean Fitzgerald our way into the Indians signing some free agents, you know, bringing back Cesar and yeah. – a real major league outfielder, dude. Oh, <gasps> what? Smokes. No, 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 not the no, Indians. Not the Indians. No, not no the way, Indians. Yeah. So, if anyone doesn't know the Sean Fitzgerald effect, basically, our friend Fitzy, who's joined our podcast a few times, and I know he talked about jumping on with us sometime this month, uh, probably two weeks from now for the last episode of the month. Sweet. Um, I think that's probably after the first game of spring training, which we'll get to later on, but he kind of he kind of had this thing going with the Browns where he would kind of like reverse psychology and reverse jinx the Browns and it worked for a good while so I think we got some of the Fitz magic on our side now we've reverse jinxed the Indians where last episode we talked about oh well I mean they, they traded they got a couple guys whatever the Indians are pretty much done and unfortunately or i guess not unfortunately fortunately not unfortunately nothing yeah, for, about this is unfortunate no fortunately yeah sorry fortunately the indians did get a couple guys and i'm kind of excited and they uh they brought a gold glove player to the indians but the funny part was the dude won it with us last year cesar hernandez is coming back man and for the contract we got him for one year five million dollars we thought he outpriced himself but by when the gold glove here he comes back on a cheaper deal than he got last year after winning a, his first ever gold glove. So, I mean, Tom, how are you feeling about Cesar Hernandez coming back to the Indians on a lesser contract after winning a gold glove with us? Confused. <laughs> Very confused because he had such a good season. It's not like he had a a season that would be considered a disappointment by any stretch of the imagination for major league second baseman. Yeah. I right. can't believe that he didn't get more interest from other teams and what kind of voodoo magic <laughs> are Antonetti and Chernoff doing that we get Hernandez back for one and a quarter less than what we had him for last year. Yeah, I think what Jeremy and Kevin Sletz from uh, CLA Tribecast said, they, like, they, they're magic men. They somehow the managed Gregory. to come back. So, something must have happened. I guess these are really liked Cleveland, and I guess Cleveland's like, yeah, we want you back and all that. And I guess he's just like, all right, I know the city. Granted, Frankie's not there, but, you know, whatever, whatever it happened, I'm not mad about it. Because I was saying this all last year, and I was saying if we get him back, that'd be great because – he was our most consistent year. He had like 283. I think at one point he hit like what 38 or 39 straight games successfully getting on base. Like the dude was reached base, it reached base into the low 40s. Yeah, like it was insane. Like he almost went the entire season 
like getting on base almost every game, and he was clutch in a lot of games. So, like, he, he got a few walk-offs for us last year. So to get him back, which we've talked about, like how the second base position, it's kind of a, a really shallow spot in the position of the organization. To get him back, even it's for just a year, hopefully it's maybe a flyer year again, and maybe the annuals will sign to a, a longer contract, or maybe it's just a placeholder, but still, though. To get Hernandez back, even for a hold spot for a season, depending on what's going on with you know Freeman and Owen Miller and Chang and all that, I'm not upset about that. We are we got our leadoff man back and our most consistent hitter, so I'm not upset about. That. I'm looking forward to it. I'm very excited about it. Um, and I think that's that's a good segue into taking us into the next free agent signing that we had that we both completely wrote off. Ladies and gentlemen, a real major league outfielder, number nine in your programs, and thank fucking God we signed him, Eddie Rosario. Yeah, the Cleveland killer of Eddie Rosario. One year, $8 million. Like, um, excuse me? Like, How? Baking powder? How did the Indians somehow just be like, all right, we're going to drop $8 million on this dude who has absolutely destroyed this franchise for a long time? He's basically the A.J. Brzezinski of the twins we got him as our outfielder it's like thank you <laughs> we got him. Oh, that's a dirty that's a dirty reference i got you <laughs> oh man I, and you got a question other teams too yeah what I, was eddie rosario doing wrong that he's got to settle for one year and eight don't get me wrong not mad no not no mad that he's no wearing, yeah. not mad that he's gonna wear the old black c yeah but what did he do wrong? One year, eight million from Cleveland. Like, what? What yeah. could possibly make another team go? I don't know if he's ready yet. What? No way. I mean, if you see, no way. like his stats against Cleveland is absolutely like he's killed us at, at in Minnesota. Even in Cleveland, he's got a ridiculous stat. A line. murderous, murderous hitter inside Dude. progressive field and now for the fact that we don't have to face him anymore and he's in our lineup we have a guy with outfield with who's good at defense and has got some pop and he can hit and he hits left-handed but he can hit with pop on on no matter who's pitching to him you don't have to take him out of the lineup you can play him every game like we don't have, to- have a full-time professional outfielder this is one of the best things I think we've ever been able to see, and I'm so here for it. And I think it should put a lot of these young guys on notice. I yeah. think that maybe you're one full-time major league outfield piece away from telling our boy Daniel Johnson, well, your boy, not necessarily mine. I'm still a little unsure. <laughs> no, but, that's, well, that I'm, I'm okay with Daniel Johnson, but that's more of a CLA Tribecast boy. For more that's than true. Our, our, our friends over at CLA Tribecast, their boy. Let him yeah. season a little more in AAA yeah, because yeah. if he's if he's half as good as those guys are projecting him to be, I'm okay with letting him season another year or so. I'm yeah. really okay with it. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you really think about it, I mean, it's – he didn't really get to play a whole much last year with the big club anyway, and there was no triple – there was, like, no minor league system. So, you, you don't really know what you've got in Daniel Johnson yet. And if you already know that you you know what you have in Josh Naylor, and of course he did heat up later on. But then you got Eddie Rosario, who's going to be your everyday outfielder because the dude can hit no matter who's hitting against him. It's not like a situation where 
You can only play Jordan Luplo against righties, and you, or you can only – or I know – Play him against lefties, and you only play Naquin against righties. Now you have a guy named Rosario who can hit righties and lefties. Yeah, now you have a guy who who you can't take out of the lineup for any game unless it's for rest. So, which basically means it's like you have Josh Naylor, Jordan Luplo, Oscar Mercado, and Bradley Zimmer all rotating. There's already there's your there's your outfield right there. Unfortunately, I like Daniel Johnson, but it's just there's no place for him in the outfield right now because you already have one spot locked up and then you can, then you're going to have like what five guys rotate two spots. Well, you know, you know, you have to have Jake Bowers somewhere up on the 40 man or excuse me on the 26 man, yeah, not just on options. the 40. He's got to be on this, the 26 man for 90% of the season. Yeah, pretty much. So basically there's probably your first baseman right there. So, or he's playing in the outfield too. So like I said, I like Johnson, but unfortunately, it's just he's in the bad spot right now with the Indians getting an outfielder who can play every day. There's no, I don't think there's going to be a spot for him. Probably not. <laughs> I, I see, I see you conniving about something. And like, are you, uh, you got, you got, are you thinking a little something, something? Lineups, man. The lineup potential are the potential lineups, excuse me. My English is apparently escaping. <laughs> It's Sunday. <laughs> so potential lineups are ridiculous. I mean, because oh, yeah. he just signing Rosario gives you so many more options you didn't even think you had. He could potentially and having Hernandez. That's yeah. You could have Rosario as your number three hitter in the lineup. Like no, not can two. will can he will be the number three hitter in the lineup? Because you look at Hernandez, J Ram. Edward, Eddie Rosario, then you got Framil Reyes, and then huh? and you got Nasty. Then, so then, then you got Josh Naylor possibly as your number as your five, five guy. as your five guy. Then it all comes down to, I guess rolling the dice, baby, rolling the dice, and yeah, however the, like, the come up yeah, this time. Yeah, either a Med Rosario or Jimenez hitting right behind him in the sixth spot. It's got, a crapshoot after that. It really is a crapshoot yeah. after that because then it goes down to whoever's, you know, your center fielder, where right you're going to let your first, first baseman or your well, well, it's just shortstop, your catcher. Well, well, Robert Perez is going to be hitting ninth regardless and or they don't pace and put a fast guy at nine because, you know, you know, Tito loves a fast guy at nine. Mercado. Could be. Maybe, but a lot of people say that him playing in the ninth spot kind of mess with them, I guess, but. I guess. Well, well, I mean, you go back to playing baseball as a kid. No one wants to be the nine hitter because you don't get any at bats. It's kind of a. You're the worst hitter on the team, basically. Oh, yeah. It's like being the right fielder. Everyone knows you're the right fielder because you can't catch and you can't throw. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, in Little League or little you know, league, yeah. whatever no. your, your version <laughs> of, you know, like I played hot stove baseball in Lorain County. So, really depends. Um, yeah, but there's, yeah. There's right much. So in the majors, that's a little bit different, but yeah. Yeah, and I'd like to see, uh, you know, I'd like to see Mercado embrace that nine hole. If he gets oh, it, sure. they give it to him. Embrace it. Be the chip on your shoulder. Be the chip on your shoulder. I mean, there's other guys who've played that nine hole who've been really good for the Indians that were fast because they knew, oh, if I get on base, I'm setting up the top of the order to score me in. So, yeah, you just take it as the really second leadoff hitter. And you're setting up, you're setting up the top three of the lineup for them to come up and get you on. 
So, I mean, just nothing. Putting the forks and the knives down on top of the napkins while you set the table, baby. Exactly. Think about this. Let's say Mercado has a, has a season like he did in the second half of 19. You're looking at Eddie Rosario, Oscar Mercado, and then, then you have Josh Naylor possibly somewhere in there. Like with those three guys, potential being it's our a everyday. Lot. It's not, a lot. I'll take as our everyday starters and then having Luplo and Zimmer come in for off days and stuff or rotation or even Jake Bowers, I'm not upset about that. If we have those three guys and all three of them are playing really well, I, I'm not going to be mad about it. So I would definitely love to see the how the competition shakes out between Bradley Zimmer and Oscar Mercado this year. It's going to be interesting. That's interesting. one of those hot buttons, one of those hot button competitions that's going to decide the fate of this Indians team this season. Yeah, because you have Bradley Zimmer who's basically been hurt and it's been kind of wishy-washy. And then you had India Mercado who kind of just fell off the face of the earth last year and just never really caught on. So yeah. it's that position's definitely going to be interesting to see what they do. But just for the fact that we got Eric Rosario now in our outfield and we don't have to worry about facing him, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that any day of the week. I'll take that week. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's going to be huge. So, the fact that we got both of them for $14 million between the two of them – or no, $13 million. $13 million. 13, yeah. That's that it's Youngstown sucks. math, man. <laughs> math was never my – well, math was never my strong suit to begin with. But, yeah, we'll, we'll track up to YSU. <laughs> but, no, I mean, for $13 million to get those two guys is pretty good. And that goes into a little bit of the uh, – everyone's been saying this on Twitter and stuff like that with how the Indians contract is going to be. And Todd from, you know, Indians perspective, we've shouted out a lot on this show. He basically said, it's like the what you're seeing is wrong. It's the top eight guys. And that's with a lot of other incentives and a lot of bonuses and other stuff kicked in. The, the payroll is more so around 55 million for the Indians, which yeah, still isn't great. But it's not 35 million like we've been seeing it in some other places too. Because, like what Todd said, it's not really, it's the main big contracts. It's not everyone else. Yeah. So, granted, it still stinks that you see Trevor Bauer almost making mu as much as the entire franchise, but other teams he might be, but not the Indians. But that's still pretty it's bad though. Listen, in Bauer's case, it's worth it to me because now I get to see him get shot in the junk with a paintball gun and I'm here <laughs> for it. Yeah, that yeah. If no one's ever no, if no one knows, he made a bet with a friend years ago that he would get shot in the nuts. His college roommate. Yeah, with a paintball gun. If you ever signed a multi-year contract, granted there is buyout clauses in this deal. Opt-outs and buyouts. Opt-outs and buyouts. Yeah, there's not sign buyouts. Opt-outs. Wrong sport. Um, it's Sunday. Um, he could still technically leave after a season, but. With that much money on the table, there's no way he's leaving 45 mil on the table for 2022. He could. That would he be could. stupid. He could. Bauer. That would be the most stupidest thing I've ever seen if you're walking away from 45 mil. With I don't know. Room. I would probably walk away from 45 mil if it did, if it meant that my college roommate, any one of them, because I think I had two or three of them. If it meant that none of my college roommates got to shoot me in the junk with a paintball gun, I would probably walk away from 45 mil. Although I probably would get shot for 45 mil too. So it's hard yeah, to there say. you go. Yeah, there you go. But but it's, it's still though for the fact that Trevor Bauer is only 15 million off, 
next year, well, next season, you'll be 10 million off, but still, if you're still in that range of a 15 million away from a whole franchise payroll, just for the Indians, but if you're talking like the Pirates, who are probably at 40 million, that's still pretty bad. And I, and I don't think this still gives the Indians a free pass. Well, not towards the front office, but the owners to give them a free pass on, hey, we got some free agents. All right, cool. You sign them for a one year each, and it's still not over $10 million. You're still, yeah. your highest paid player is still nine and a half. And now you have a guy who's making eight, and now you got a guy who's got five and a half and a five. So, like, yeah, so now you still have Jaron making the most, and you got Arizario at eight. Roberto's at five and a half, and you got Hernandez at five. I mean, that's good. I can't but get over Fernandez making five. I just can't get over that. Yeah, for the fact that we got him for five after we got him, after we gave him six point two five last year, and he got a Gold Glove. Like we got him on a discount after after what he just did for us last year. Oh, for sure. It's I don't know. It's the same, but like I said, I still think that fans aren't going to give the owners any free pass because of the fact that you slashed from what was it 130 not even three years ago to 55 million and that's after you had to sign some free agents like that's still pretty that's still pretty bad in my opinion i won't give them a free pass because i don't believe that they deserve it no but i will go hats off to our uh, front office tandem of you know antonetti and chernoff because those guys are they don't. They don't. Have, they don't. Some amazing phone lines right now. Good for them. Hats yeah. off to them. If honestly, it, giving me a little optimism heading into next year. If it was, if it wasn't for Chernoff and Antonetti doing what they're doing, trying to get guys on just really good deals, I would be kind of pretty much like everyone else. Like, all right, the Indians are kind of whatever. I'll watch, but I'm not going to be like over the moon about it because. And right now, it's. I still feel like with the, how the Browns are doing and the fact that the Cavs are kind of exciting, I feel like the Indians are kind of on a slide where people are going to be like, the season's too long, and the Indians aren't really going to be, outside of pitching and J-Ram and Eddie, it's not going to be as exciting as it used to be. But I mean, we'll see. I mean, it, but like you said, I am a little bit more optimistic now that we maybe. I think with adding Hernandez back in and Rosario, I think that bumps us from like 84 wins to 90 wins to maybe 94, 94 wins, maybe 95 at the most. I mean, what do you think? I'm still going to sit where I'm at at about 87, just because you know, we're still, still 10 days else. ahead of spring training. Yeah. We're still, what, 20 days before our first game of spring training. Yeah, well, per, um, perfect. Say, so yeah, perfect segue into that, though. But yeah, continue what you were saying. I'm gonna hold there, I think, until we start to see some of this shake out. Um, yeah, which is good because pitchers and catchers report in what 10 days. Yeah, so the Indians did release their um spring training schedule. Of course, this was after MLB and MLBPA kind of were already disagreeing already about the start date of the season and extending the season and having universal DH and having expanded playoffs. I don't know if that's still even figured out yet. Tom, have you heard anything about that being figured out yet? Or are they just, or are they just going on with the season as is? Like Last I've heard, it's been categorically rejected. 
selling. So they're not really on a – they have not really agreed to how the season is going to be yet. So basically teams are still reporting to spring training as scheduled, but yeah. they're still not knowing when the season is going to start or if there's going to be expanded playoffs or a universal DH or the season is going to get delayed and then it's going to be pushed back a week. It's as much as a month that there's going to be potential pushback. It's not like it's a week. They've been talking about it being a month. Yeah, they're talking. Yeah, they're talking about starting this starting in May. They're talking about starting this in May and then ending the season the last uh, the first week of November, and they're going to move it down to like 154 games instead of 162. It's what I saw. So, yeah, I don't know, man. It's. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. We'll talk about that a little bit in the second after this. But, yes, the spring training, uh, pitchers and catchers do report in 10 days. They will be there on February 17th. Pitchers and catchers' first workout is the 18th. Full squad does report on February 21st. Their first full squad workout is the 22nd. And then the first spring training game, February 27th against the Reds. Of course, it's not really a road game because of the fact that they both share the same facility. So, yeah, but basically for right now, we're looking at, you know, the 27th being the first game for the Indians in terms of spring training. So, I mean, they are going to be playing spring training games, but when the season starts, who really knows? I mean, Tom, like, what are your, like, what are your thoughts of just with spring training? At least we know it's, when it's going to happen. At least with spring training, but like, what are your thoughts overall with baseball? And another discussion about how a season's going to go right before a CBA negotiation after this season's over. The optics of it are horrible. You're starting to creep into NHL kind of territory where no one trusts you to be able to get it done. Nobody trusts you on either side. You know, the well, Players Association has no trust in the league. The league has no trust in the Players Association. Well, and nobody's no. willing to come to an agreement on anything, and they're doing it all in such a public way that there's no walking it back. Well, uh, well, actually, the NHL has gotten better because the last two CBAs they've done, since the one back in 13, they've had negotiated some, and, they've, and they have passed them pretty quick. So the NHL has gotten better with that, but I get what you're saying. But <laughs> – yeah, baseball, like, everyone still remembers what happened last year with that whole dispute. And the fact that Rob Manfred came out and said, oh, we were never going to budge from it anyway, but we just kept doing this for months. And you're like, why would you – why would you say that? Like, why would you let people know? Why would you come out and put that out in the press? And anybody who has any understanding of Major League Baseball history, this situation looks a lot like the 94 strike. Yeah, basically. That's what a lot of this looks like is nobody's really willing to make any concessions. Nobody's really willing to do any work. And you're seeing a lot of calls for different things from people who are hardcore fans to people who are very casual fans, you know, in terms of, you know, a salary floor or a salary cap or, you know, any of those kind of related issues. Because oh, it's never going to happen, though. The players don't want it. The players don't want it. Six of the ten teams last season that had the highest payrolls didn't make the playoffs. 
Now, granted, most of them all play in the same divisions. Now, you think about the Red Sox didn't make it. I would honestly, at that point, you would kind of have to throw out. It's like you almost have to throw out last season in terms of team the the really high paying teams and the teams that were really good because I mean the Dodgers there wasn't any air there wasn't any room for the season to correct itself, which arguably kicks well, a lot of the points I made about Francisco Lindor right in the nuts. But I mean the, Mar- no I mean, the Marlins made the playoffs. Yeah, I mean the Marlins made the playoffs. Everyone had them not even making it last year and they did because the they Astros got Astros made the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, the Astros made the playoffs with a losing record. You would never see that in a regular 162 game season. So you'd like, like to hope you did. Yeah. It's it's almost like you really can't view last season as a testament to the really expensive teams or the really good teams not doing well because the Dodgers did win the World Series and they have one of the top five payrolls in the in baseball. So I mean it's kind of and they beat a team that has a payroll that's in the bottom three consistently. Yeah, well, I mean, well, the Marlins, I mean, not the Marlins, the, the Rays did play well. And of course, they all, I mean, they almost got knocked out by the Yankees and they almost got knocked out by the Astros. So, I mean, they went to game seven. I think they went to game six with the Yankees and game seven with the Astros. Survive but, in advance, baby. But exactly. Oh. Well, exactly. Well, I'm just saying five that. It's games like, Yankees, by the way. It was five games. Oh, the was Yankees, five. Okay. Because that was the divisional round. That's right. Oh, that's right. But yeah, they still they still went to the brink on that one too. So I mean, it's not. So I mean, the Rays they just got. I mean, the game is a little bit about luck as well for baseball. But yeah, I mean, they just had the right bounces go their way, and it's. I just think, baseball is getting to the point now where the it's where if you're not in LA, someone tweeted this. I forgot who did. It's only fun, if you're in LA or New York, because the big market clubs are getting almost everyone and they don't care about luxury tax. Well, I mean, some teams do care about luxury tax, but you're seeing guys going to Boston, New York, and LA. Yeah. And, and now you see the Rockies are going to pay Aaron, 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 $50 million to not play with the Rockies. They got no one back from St. Louis. And they're paying $50 million of a contract for a guy they don't even want to have on the team. Like, they got nobody. They got no one back in that trade. Like, I couldn't even tell you who they got back in that trade because that's how unimportant it was. Because they got rid of Nolan Arenado. They got no – and no one's reported who they got back. I've seen nothing about their return. That's how ridiculous it is. Not a good optic. It's not a good look. You're seeing – There's no parity the in this league. teams – well. But you're also seeing some of the teams like Cleveland. I will say this about Cleveland. We have a really good farm system. We have always had a really good farm system. You date back to the teams in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, the homegrown talent that we had. Yeah. The scouting ability that they've had time and time again. It's hard. It's hard to look at it and say, okay, this isn't sexy. They're not spending money. They're not going with guys who have proven names. It's a perpetual look at, you know, the beginning of major league and the construction workers and it's who the fuck are these guys? Yeah. It's basically, and it's like the Indians and luckily, you know, since I mean, before the night between the sixties and nineties, our first instance was absolute trash. They turned around the nineties 
they kind of had to turn around again in the early 2000s and we're we're I feel like we almost have to go back now to another rebuild, but it's like for whatever reason, this rebuild, whatever it is, it's we cannot find talent outside of pitching, like position player wise. It is, it's kind of tough right now. Outfield's looking kind of tough. Outfield for sure. Shortstop is a little bit better. I mean, shortstop, we're looking pretty good because we have a bunch of guys at shortstop, but most athletic player on your team. And our pitching staff is just out. Is just, our pitching top to bottom is just absolute insanity. It's how good it is. Like I'm saying, there, there has to be a, there has to be a factory underneath the stadium where we're just pumping up pitchers left and right because it's insane how good the Indians are in terms of just getting arms after arm after arm after arm. I don't think it's under the stadium in Cleveland. I think it's somewhere near a a place that's very near and dear to the both of us called Canal Park. Ah, uh, you know what? You're right. It's yeah, it's Canal, Canal Park. Park is where that pitching factory is located because there's been some nasty guys come up through Akron, and and I mean, there's you, there's some some guys to be excited about. Have you seen some of the the photographs that uh, Indians perspective has shown of like Espino? Oh yeah, the videos of Espino is just absolutely stupid. Like, the videos, the pictures, his workouts. It's crazy. What yeah. the hell? That's what I'm saying. It's for me, it's like in terms of the Indians are good in terms of certain positions. And then other times though, it's like when we get guys who are stupid dud, we can't hold on to them. And and I've said this on Twitter, it's like it almost feels like the big markets for MLB, they're okay with having big markets basically just feeding off the medium to small market teams. And they're not even paying them. They're just they're basically they're basically their minor league teams that they can just poach at any time. I mean, I could be wrong on this, but a lot of that is perspective, I think. And it's it's easy to sit there and be a fan of a small market team and consistently throw that out and, you know, cry foul. Oh, it's you know, woe is us. We can't keep our guys. Yeah, there's something to be said for being able to put a team together that says, I don't care how much money your franchise can pay their guys. We're still putting guys out. We're still going to the playoffs. You think yeah. about the team that you think about the team that the Indians fielded in 2016. Look at the opening day roster for that. You're for right. That no, season. no, and you're right. I, no, I get that. I think just. I mean, I understand. I mean, we, there is that side of that coin too, and I'm fine with that because, like you said, we've had teams. that have been good consistently. Even now, I mean, it, we have a team that's good on a consistent basis, and we're not paying as much as the. Well, I mean. We were paying in the high hundred millions when we were making the, you know, mid mid hundred, low hundred million. Yeah, so I mean, they were still making, you know, three figure in the millions of, to do something like that. Which thanks, John Sherman, my hero. <sighs> yeah, I kind of wish we still had him around. But gotta, it's, gotta, I got to get my John Sherman references in because apparently that's what our, uh, you know, the data is saying I'm missing in our show. Yeah, I haven't talked about John Sherman in a couple episodes. <laughs> Pretty much, and it's just, I mean, like I said, I'm not trying to clock, I'm not trying to complain or make excuses. It's just at some point, like you said, like the major league baseball either needs to do revenue sharing because apparently the, the Indians aren't going to get revenue sharing for this season and they didn't get any last year either. You're making that gap a little bit harder for the small market teams, and it's just at one point, at some point, you, if you're major league baseball, 
you got to find a way to have at least a little bit of parity in this league or find a way to not have teams having huge contracts where you're, we have teams in the 200 millions to teams in the 50 millions or 40 million. It's like, there's gotta be some competition somewhere. That's not, you know, you're so expanding that you can tell who the bad teams are and who the really good teams are. You know what I'm saying? It's, I think I think the metric for what a good team or a bad team is very subjective and it still has so much to do with the intangibles of what your front office can do, which I think would be a good way to go into our next little piece about uh, potential landing spots for newly acquired infielder Ahmed Rosario. Yeah, so there have been rumors out there that Ahmed Rosario is getting shopped around. Well, not shopped, but he's getting called for. And one of them is uh, one of the teams in Cincinnati, and we kind of talked about it. And uh, I don't know how our how RD is going to feel about this, but uh, I like the, I wouldn't mind trading Ahmed Rosario for you know one Jesse Winker, you know solidify our outfield a little bit more. Hey, bring Winks up here. We'll take him. We'll we'll, we'll enjoy sure. him as our. We'll send we'll, you. We'll, we'll send you a middle infielder. Yeah, I mean, we, we'll we, take Winker. It sets yeah. up our outfield. That would mean we have. <gasps> two major league outfielders at the same time and potentially with with uh josh naylor also being in our outfield who was heating up in the uh world in the playoffs oh my this 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 gets interesting <laughs> i would not be up i would be like uh yes please <laughs> I, would I will take an extra helping of that yes sir <laughs> have some more <laughs> more <laughs> i mean uh, it, 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 I'm. As much as I say, I, I am kind of just like what over just how baseball – there's a lot of things with baseball I wish we could kind of fix, but at least the Indians are kind of trying, I guess, to field a competitive team next oh, year. Bro, they are very trying, and it's painful. It I, It's going to be real interesting, though, for the fact that you saw what the White Sox have done this year. They got, you know, they got Liam Hendricks now as their closer. They got just, they're just. Lance Lynn. They're getting everybody. It's okay. We'll be okay. (laughs) We can do this. We may have to spend a lot of time breathing into a brown paper bag, but we can do this. (laughs) We have the unanimous Cy Young winner, dang it. (laughs) He'll lead us to the promised land. The last one didn't seem to do too hot trying to do it, so we'll see. Oh, yeah. Now, now he's a New York Yankee. You hate to see it. You hate, yeah. You, you hate, hate to see it. It's like, it's like, why? Like, why? I know we were, I know we were kind of saving this for another episode, but I do want to touch on this a little bit. Um, to the 14 MLB voters who did not turn in a ballot this year for the Hall of Fame, y'all can kick rocks. Yeah, turn in your cards now because that's an absolute disgrace. Guys absolute, are the absolute disgrace. I would, I would maybe some guys wouldn't get in because maybe they didn't get all the votes necessary. But when you have 14 blank ballots turned in, that that's is an at least the difference between Schilling getting in and not. Schilling, Schilling had like what 71.1 or 71.4 or something. He was so one close. or two of those guys. If one or two of those guys vote for Kurt Schilling, we have a Hall of Famer this year. Didn't he miss? Didn't he miss it? But like what? nine votes or something like that or eight votes it was something it was really close something something egregiously small but if any one of those it was like it was like single i think it was like single digits it was like eight or nine votes 
You finished well, at 71. <laughs> the Baseball Writers Association of America needs to take a really hard look in the mirror and accept the fact that you're going to have to have some honest conversations about the steroid era, guys. You're going to have to have some honest conversations about why you have a job because <laughs> of the steroid era, guys. You didn't hear those guys complaining when Bonds got three MVP awards. And who hands that award out? Zach? Writers Association. Thank oh, you. Oh, wait. And also, everyone, how they praised McGuire and Sosa for the home run chase that uh, that season. Who loved that, too? I mean. Oh, yeah. It was the baseball writers. So, uh, get oh, off of yourselves. How about Tom Ferducci on the MLB Network video that they did? How it's like a sacred thing as a writer to fill out the belt. You, you've seen this video, right, Tom? On Twitter and you know what yeah. I'm talking about? How much of a pompous, self-absorbing dickwad are you that you're literally going to do a video like this talking about how like magical your job is and that you get to pick the Baseball Hall of Fame? The Baseball Hall of Fame is a museum to celebrate baseball. Not the, the right history. Pompous pricks. The history of the sport. Yeah. The history of the sport. I'm sorry. Correct. Pete, Pete Rose needs to be in because he's the hit, he's the hit king. Barry Bonds is again. Granted, yeah, he shouldn't be ready. Put an asterisk because he even said, if there's an asterisk, I don't care. Put Barry Bonds in, put Clemens in. Clemens had seven Sangums. Bonds is the home run king. I mean, it's technically a tank error, but that's a different story for another time. But you're talking about the history of the sport, and now you're not going to get these guys in. And you have this is the second time, like 2013 and this year. Two years in the last, like, 12 and to 15. Two years we have not got getting guys into the Hall of Fame. And the bad part is the 21 class is going to make it – or, the, yeah, next year's class is going to make it so much harder to get in. So then you're getting, like, another – I think it's like another nine or ten guys who have more to their resume than what this class did. Like you're, and, you're, and you chats off to RD because RD did predict on our show that – there weren't going to be any first ballot Hall of Famers. And he did say towards the end of that show that he doesn't think that anyone was going to get in. And he was right. I mean, and, and think what you want about Chris Schilling. Listen, it's not the nice guy's Hall of Fame. Ty Cobb is in the Hall of Fame. I mean, Kurt, a lot taking of Kurt, that black from him. A lot of Kurt Schilling stuff was just after his career, though. It wasn't even during his playing career. It's all post-career stuff. Like, were you going to kill a guy for his post-career comments compared to what he did in his what he did in his regular? Like, if it's – It's a joke. Call spade a spade. If it's about what he did on the field, he gets make up. it about what he did on the field. Make it be about that. That's, that's, what you, that's what you hear all the time. Oh, well, certain guys get in because of what they did on the field. This guy didn't get in because of what he did on the field. Kurt Schilling – did stuff on the field to get in the Hall of Fame. You're going to keep him out because of his off-field stuff? So which Clemens, one is it? Which Sammy one is Sebastian. it? Which one Barry is it? Bonds. There's so many of those guys. And again, we've Pete had this Rose, I completely stuff. understand Manny Ramirez not getting into the Hall of Fame. Why? A, yeah, Manny's an asshole. B, he got caught three times. Three times. Robinson Cano's not getting – Robinson – Robinson Cano's not getting in the Hall of Fame because he got popped twice. For, he got popped twice. Should be permanently ineligible. From the Hall. From the Hall. Not necessarily yeah. from baseball. I don't want to affect a man's livelihood and career. Yeah. 
yeah, no. If you if you get popped once, okay, whatever, it's a slap on the wrist. That's a warning. Pop twice, okay, you're not going to get in the Hall of Fame. That's fine. I would go three times. I think three times. I'm a little more lenient than you, but three strikes I, are out. So <laughs> my favorite, yeah, my favorite sport also doesn't involve getting penalized for not taking your gloves off to punch someone in the face. So, <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. But no, it's but the thing, like I said though, it's still it's still an absolute joke that we got no one in the Hall of Fame, and they're talking about oh, it's all about what they do on the field. There's guys who've done stuff on the field and not getting in because they've ruined baseball. Guys have been cheating in baseball since the beginning of time. Spitballs, palm balls, grease balls. Palm balls are not illegal. Palm not balls palm are balls. Not, not. I mean, not palm balls. You know, I'm talking about like juice. Like, you're, you know, you're talking about using using foreign substances, substances for but which yeah, to doctor the ball to alter the spin rate, the flight. That's why. That's it, why I mean, yeah, not the actual palm ball, but like you know, spitballs and shiners and stuff. Just. A bunch of stuff. Yeah. Guy, guys have been cheating baseball since the beginning of time. Sign stealing has been a thing. Isn't you know, Gaylord actually, Hall of Famer? Yeah, I think he is. Okay, yeah. enough said, bro. Enough said. We we can move on from this now. Gaylord Perry is a Hall of Famer. There's no reason that Barry Bond shouldn't be too. It, it's just, like I said, the writers are an absolute joke for acting like they're better because they're trying to keep the sanctity of baseball. It is a museum to celebrate the sport. It was part of the sport. The steroid era is part of the sport. And one of these you days, have you, to talk, you have to talk. You have to. You have to talk. You have to talk about it. Correct. Without the without the home run chase of McGuire and Sosa, who knows where baseball's even at? We could be talking right now. We would probably even have a podcast if baseball was boring as crap and no one cared about it. I probably would still care about it, but not I'm as with much you. as we. Yeah, not as much as we do, but. But think about how that changed our childhoods. Think about that. I was, what, two and a half, three years old, so arguably it didn't do much for my childhood, truthfully. What, what, um, when was that, 96? Seven. Yeah, I was five. I was no, six I at the time. The 98 season. 98 I, season. I was, I was three years I was seven at the time that happened. I remember that was – I remember I remember that. I remember that whole season and how crazy it was, that whole I think race I asked race. my mom for a St. Louis Cardinals hat because of Mark McGuire. Yeah, that season, watching that on TV. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that shaped a lot of kids wanting to play baseball, and like, and what? And I don't. I know you haven't listened to the last episode, but Kevin Sletch talked about his nephew, who was a really good baseball player. I think he's like age 12. I think he's like 12 or 13. What Kevin said, his mm-hmm. his nephew, who's a really good baseball player, he said he quit. He quit playing baseball because he just doesn't like it anymore. He wants to play football. That tells you how bad it is when you got kids who are really good at playing baseball quitting the sport because of what's just everything that's going on right well, now. Well, and, and there's there's a lot of reasons at that age. I don't I, I'll have to go back and listen to the episode and to Sledzy, Jeremy, and you know, Brittany Mollis, if any of you guys actually end up listening to this episode, you know, I apologize for not being on top of that one. Um, had a lot of music stuff going on lately, but there's, there's definitely a lot of things. Um, and when you're 12 years old, there's so many more things that you could be doing. I mean, think about it. When I was 12, I was playing baseball, playing football, um, playing basketball, starting to learn how to play guitar seriously. Well, I shouldn't say seriously, but there, well, think, there were a lot of what, things that were pressing for my time. I think, too, though, I think from our from when we played sports to now, it's like we played a lot of sports in our, like when we were you know younger. 
we played a lot of sports because we wanted to play a lot of sports. Now you see a lot of kids going to specific sports because they want to get good at that sport. You don't see a lot of guys playing multiple sports anymore very much. Don't worry. Go to come to a small town like where I'm from, and you have to play multiple sports because otherwise you you won't have any teams. Yeah, pretty much. That's yeah. So yeah, there's some things that that would happen, and there's some that won't. So I mean, it's I don't know. It's I mean, but with all the negotiation stuff of last year, now this year we're gonna start with another one, and now next year we're maybe having another dispute. It's gonna get to the point where baseball is gonna lose a lot of luster for the next. Like what Jeremy and Kevin said, the next four or five years, you'd be looking at baseball taking there's a no massive excitement. hit. There's no excitement. There's not the excitement of being, let's see, how old was I? Six years old. I was six years old watching Barry Bonds hit 73 home runs in a season. Yeah. I was 13 years old. No, I was 12 years old. Excuse me. I was 12 years old in 2007 when he broke the record. Right when he broke Mr. Aaron's record. Yeah. You don't have stuff like that anymore. You're never going to see somebody go after, after that record. You're not going to see someone go for Pete Rose anymore. No, those days are over. Yeah. They're, they're records. Are, I don't think records are going to get broken anymore. And what Kevin and I know we keep bringing up Sealy Trapcats a lot, but they bring a lot of good points up the Fernando Tatis thing. Oh, getting thrown at? Well, no, he hits. No, well, no, that was Manny that got thrown at. But the but Fernando hits a three. He hits a he hits a grand slam. And your team's up by seven, but this dude throws a lollipop up there and he takes him deep on a three zero. Make better pitches, bro. Yeah, but they make him apologize and he gets criticized by the other team's own his the other team's manager and his own manager. Like, that's what takes the excitement out of baseball because you can't celebrate stuff. It's like make pitches, bro. That's what I'm saying. Well, then you got the then, then you got the commissioner. <laughs> they get the commissioner calling the tro. They're calling it a piece of metal trophy, saving the Astros, penalizing everyone else who goes after the Astros. It's just and then you're gonna have you know labor dispute last year. You're probably gonna get another labor dispute this year, and you're gonna have another labor dispute at the end of the season when you got the new CBA coming up. Yep. You're you're not, and we haven't even talked about how baseball is terrible at marketing. They can't market themselves to save their lives. Blackouts everywhere. You can't get footage anywhere else besides their MLB vault unless you want to get sued by them or they just, you know, want to claim all the stuff. They and they, they, they don't market a whole lot of guys very well. I mean, no. In a lot of ways, it's like watching the PGA Tour. If you go and you watch a golf tournament from, I don't know, Thursday to Sunday, you're only seeing maybe 12 guys. Yeah. Consistently watching 12 guys play. Yeah. And that's what Major League Baseball has turned into. It's what their coverage on ESPN has turned into. I mean, even MLB Network to a certain point, that's what it's getting to. Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, now it's going to be the Padres, Cardinals, and Cubs. And the Angels, because they really need to push Mike Trout. You have to push Mike Trout. He's a generational talent. And he's on a team that is an absolute joke, but that's a different but It's because they pay him too much money. And the, it's just the thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, baseball is getting to the point now where 
that's why the popularity has fallen off so much. And that it's for sure because unless you're unless you're a fan of a major sport, unless you're a fan of a major city, yep, where your team's on all the time and you get the most coverage and talk about so much. Like for Indians, one one of the Indians mentioned, Lindor's going to get traded, Bam's going to get traded, or when a guy gets a Cy Young. That's it. That's all. That, that's the only time we ever get talked about in Cleveland, is if one of our guys is going to go soon because he's hey, River he's catches old. fire. <sighs> yeah, it's I don't know, man. It's it's going to be tough. I mean, regardless of how it's going, I'm still going to watch, but it's it's going to be a lot tougher if baseball keeps down this track of just not giving a crap about making itself better and just not promoting anyone other than the big teams. It's, it's, I mean, we're still going to, I know we're both still going to watch, but it's going to get tough. It's going to get a lot tougher now, especially when a, a city like Cleveland that's already football heavy on almost all their stuff. Now the team's getting better. The team just went 12 and six. They almost beat the Chiefs. I don't know, man. It's going to get real tough. It's going to get real tough for the Indians to get any love in Cleveland unless they start winning World Series left and right. So it'll be interesting, though. But just gotta, just gotta keep the faith, man. Oh, I know. I, I hear you right there, man. So I mean, hey, like I said, spring training is right around the corner. Hopefully, the regular season starts sometime in April. So I guess we'll see. But I don't know. It'll be interesting. But that will wrap up episode 24 of the Rockin' at the Jake. Thanks everyone for joining on. You know, you can catch us on Apple and Spotify. Make sure to like and follow there. Leave us a five-star rating. And if you leave us a written review, we might just read it here on the podcast. I haven't checked in a while, but I'll make sure to do that in case you want to get hit, you know, want to hear your shout out on the show. So Tom Athene, where can people find you on Twitter? Hey guys, uh, my Twitter is at Matheny underscore six. That is at M-E-T-H-E-N-E-Y underscore and the number six. Uh, Feel free uh, to DM me questions about our show. If you have anything you think that we don't cover well, uh, please let us know. We always are trying to find ways to improve our show for our loyal listeners. Zach, this is going to take forever. (laughs) <laughs> where can people find you on twitter mr socialite <laughs> yeah you can find me on twitter my personal it was right 22 but i kind of changed it to uh sealy zach so you know it's pretty simple pretty straightforward just sealy zach uh you can is that with this with an h or a k with an h it's with an h. okay thank you yeah. <laughs> For those who don't know, it's it's with the H. I don't have the K, so no, nothing nothing too crazy. Um, but if anyone's not noticed, Tom is now running the Rockin' at the Jake Twitter, but we do have a new Twitter handle because Twitter kind of some somehow we got locked out of the old account and we cannot get back into it. So we kind of had to redo a new one. Who who thought it would be a good idea to hack that fucking account? Like what the shit? I have no idea. I guess I guess they really didn't like us for some reason. So I'm fair enough. I'm I'm a decently unlikable guy. That's that's fair. <laughs> well, I mean, you know it is what hey, so it, there's always gonna be that one guy on the podcast that you're like, this effing guy. You just have to be someone has to be that guy, and it's just me. I've taken it upon myself. 
hey, you know what? It is what it is. But so, what's the Twitter handle for the uh, for the new Rocket at the Jig Twitter account that you run for? Uh, let me pull it up. What's <laughs> like was like R dot C dot like it's got so many dots and stuff. In it. I sure don't have it memorized anymore. What might you change to make it a little bit more? No, like- it's it's not that bad. It's uh, it's at rocking at the Jack One. Rocking at so the it, Jack. It's at capital R. O C K lowercase I N capital A T capital T H E capital J A K <laughs> one. That's our new. Oh man, dude, that's that's something else. That is. I you just know listen. Just search for Rocking at the Jake, and you'll hopefully you'll find us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's not like there's that many people who have that sort of a username um please follow our account again if you haven't already uh please share us with your friends uh people who are other indians fans or people who just want to hear guys talk about baseball or whatever possibly comes up you know hey if you guys hate the baseball writers of association or the baseball writers association of america too welcome to the fan club we all <laughs> fucking hate those guys so please give us a listen Uh, Thank you guys for sticking with us. And until next time, I'm Tom. I'm Zach. And this is Rockin' at the Jake.